Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, baby. Talking goats. Talking goats. Talking goats. <laughs> Talking about some goats. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMBA show. There it is. We had an extra long air horn for you on this Thursday. As we keep rolling along, guess what we have? Vote. What's that? Seven more days of off-season. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. We are almost there. Then a new season changes. Which the season pre-season. is season The preseason. Yeah, not quite the on-season. Is there the another pre-season. season between preseason no, and the season? Okay. There's preseason. All right, so we're one season away from the season. We're one season away from the season. That's so true. We're getting close. We're in the winter. We're about to turn to fall here in just seven days. We are booked, by the way. We are going to San Diego. We're going to be giving you live coverage out from our Airbnb in La Jolla. So we will be there covering all things Denver Nuggets this year. Should be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Today's show... Never get tired. Every year, we get to update our hot box and hot takes. That's it. There's really... Remember we talk about the goalpost move? We're mm-hmm. kind of at the last movement. How far can they go? They can't go past GOAT, and we're going to talk about Jokic. Does he have... What would it take for him to enter the GOAT conversation? What would it take? He's not there yet. We're not trying to say he has the <laughs> case just yet. People, we don't think he's the GOAT. We don't think he's the GOAT quite yet. yet. Yeah, well, he well, might be the GOAT, but it, ha- it hasn't just, been revealed to us fully, right. definitively. Yeah. Yeah. So what would it take? Narrative standpoint, statistical, benchmarks, highlights, rings, all those things. We're going to break it down. Um, we also, you want to talk about Jordan Poole and Michael Porter. A little bit, yeah. I think there's an interesting juxtaposition there. Yeah. Nice little clip today. Hopefully some of you saw it at home. I can't wait for it. We also have some beef around the NBA, so we're going to look at that beef to help me do it. The man whose mustache is the most controversial this side of Hitler. It's Brennan Vogt. Oh, tough. I'm a little <laughs> too German for that one. Um, <laughs> mustaches get mixed results. And the one thing I know about having a mustache is you can't wear one and expect no one to comment on it. So it's all fair game. Yeah. You know, you do it to yourself. I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin, though, Adam. That's a lie. That's, that's going to say, come on, dude. Lie, dude. Come on, man. I'm anxious right now. Yeah. You see, even just saying you're comfortable mm-hmm. in your own skin was a little uncomfortable. Um, let's get right into some beef, though. The GOAT debate, we're going to do that in segments two and three. Okay. okay? We're going to talk right. Jokic GOAT for about half the show starting in the next couple, uh, next period. But we've got beef in the NBA. We've got beef. It's going to start here. Austin Rivers. First of all, I got to say, man, a lot of player podcasts out there right now. Very few that I actually enjoy. Austin Rivers. Again, I don't listen to it, but I do see the clips that come through. We know this from his time here. He can be a very thoughtful and insightful quote. Yeah. But he can also be a provocative quote. Not afraid to stir the pot. Not afraid to say the thing he actually thinks. It's refreshing. It's what makes his show very good. I think he is going to have a career in media should he want it after his career. Like He's one of the guys that I think naturally could segue it and be interesting. And he's already wading into those waters. But here's what he says about the Charlotte Hornets. They need to surround LaMelo around effing people that can help him tap into his uh, potential, not deplete it. There's still teams that do it right. I don't see this problem in OKC. They uh, that shit don't fly there. 
That's what he says. Now he this was in a general conversation about LaMelo Ball and like what you know what can the Hornets do to kind of become a better team. And he is basically saying Charlotte, not a winning org, not putting players and pieces around him that are going to highlight his thing. I feel like this is fair, if not a little hot. LaMelo's only been in the league two years. He was hurt for half the year. Like it's a little hot, but at the same time. I think most people would be like, yeah, Charlotte has not been a good organization. <laughs> I think he's right, man. I think he's dead right. Uh, social media manager Nick in the office is has some Charlotte ties. Big fan of the Hornets. The one. Huge fan he's of the He's the Hornets. one I found in my life. And he loves LaMelo Ball. Talks about how talented he is. And, that you know, one thing I try to articulate to him is I think most people's hesitation is the situation that he's in. Yeah. In Charlotte. In terms of not just what's allowed off the court. But even what's encouraged on the court and, you know, not just the players around him, what they're doing, but even what LaMelo Ball's green light is. So I'm like, I love LaMelo. Take some terrible shots. And you do think, is that just because he's in Charlotte and no one really cares what happens yeah. week to week? Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard not to feel that way. So there are more, I think, talented players, like potential face of a team around the league than ever before. But it's an interesting sort of different perspective of are there enough organizations that can house those talents, develop them, you know, and, and we don't want to see stars force their way out of situations, right? But the, the other side of the sort of the Anthony Davis situation, for example, is that did New Orleans do a good job? Do they look like a stable yeah, organization? The, the issue with that is that, like, the Lakers and Knicks have been the most dysfunctional a organization. Yeah, everyone agree. wants to go there. So, so, that's, so you are right about this, that there is this big picture thing, which is, a player being stuck in an org that's wasting their potential is bad. It's just like the solution is never it's like coherent. Right. Yeah, and, <laughs> I d and I don't like going to the Lakers yeah. either, but there's an interesting, you know, part of it is that the Charlottes and the New Orleans of the, of the league yeah. have to hold up their end of the bargain. And so far with LaMelo, I mean, that culture is a joke, right? We can say that. They're not, yeah, they're, they're not a winning organization. Yeah. But then Miles Bridges responds, Charlotte Hornets player, had a murky little last year, actually, uh, Miles Bridges. He says, y'all hoopers get on these podcasts and talk like y'all really like that. Speaking on other teams like y'all know what's going on, and most of the people talking the most shit don't play at all. We going to see all that this year on me. He's talking about Austin Rivers saying he doesn't play very much, right? Yeah. Like, like this or that. All right, time out. Here's one thing I want to say. This idea that a player doing media can only talk about people of his status or below or something, like, like he can't talk about players or teams or, or, or this or that is absolutely insane. And it honestly just demonstrates to me a little bit how weird the media marketplace is right now that Austin Rivers isn't trying to speak reverently about the players or about the Charlotte Hornets. He's trying to give his honest assessment, and he's not saying he's better than LaMelo Ball or Miles Bridges or Even any of the, the, yeah, the guys on He's the literally just giving a take. So for me on this one, we've got beef. I firmly side with Austin Rivers on this one, and I look at Miles Bridges and I go, what is he complaining about? Yeah, me too, man. And first of all, I think if that's the case, if you feel like the player is beneath you, then don't take a shot. Just go out, you know, go out there and play better basketball, right? But there, so A, I think Austin Rivers is right. B, I think if we follow the logic of what you just described to it to its end, its extreme end, who's left to talk about players? Only LeBron? Right. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly, it, yeah. It, so, He's the only one that can talk about all players. Everyone right. else has to, like, there's some player they can't talk about. So what I think what a lot of players don't like is being criticized. And you know of what, course. man? I don't like being criticized don't either. Like it. So that part of it I get. But when it's when it's... 
when it's sort of um, manipulated into an actual opinion on who should be allowed to talk hoops, I think it's always actually disingenuous. I think it's from a place of hurt and not even really actual opinion. Right. So, but look, here's the deal. First of all, Miles Bridges not doing the organization any favors in terms of how we look at the culture himself personally. (laughs) So clean up your own side of the street, you know, and, and Charlotte is, look, this is the NBA, right? This isn't, can you be a very good basketball player? This is the big, the most competitive league in the world. And when, when an organization is an eyesore on the league like this, I think it's fair to call it out. I like that players can now speak directly to the fan bases, like that they can kind of, in some ways, replace media in certain capacities. But what's interesting to me is Miles Bridges is actually complaining about this very thing. This is the whole, like, if you actually sit and think about the logical of a lot of these complaints, it's we can do media, us as players, we can do it. We don't need media. We can tell our own stories. We can make our own debates, this or that. Then when one happens, his argument here is you shouldn't be talking about other teams. Pick a lane, man. Yeah. One of the two. I love that Austin Rivers shares insights that nobody else, myself included, could not share about what it's like to be an NBA player. So that he d- not every player can do this. He can do it, and he does a good job. Miles Bridges complaining about that very thing to me is like, a, hey, man, why don't you just criticize? If you want to like fr- fire back, this is what creates rivalry. This is what creates yeah. this or that. But telling a guy he has no right to talk about another team, like, sorry, man, it's literally his job now in the capacity and that he's paid to do a podcast. Austin Rivers has seen a lot, man. Son of a coach. He's so been a interesting. high school blue chipper, yeah. a guy who talked about how he got to the NBA, didn't understand what he needed to do there and had to look in the mirror eventually. He's been a part. He's played with superstars. He's played with bad teams. So this is a guy who's seen it all. And yeah. I mean, of course, he's allowed to comment on what he's seeing. Um, it's I but I do like I do think we'll see more of this. Right. As new media and players doing their own media uh, continues to grow any podcast or any any clip that's not just a puff piece like you're going to see players turn on each other a little bit, too, you know, and they should. And this is why I like Draymond. I really enjoyed the early days of his pod because it felt like he was going to be honest. And then fast forward seven months and he's having Trey Young on and being like, like all the smoke who are just, you know, maybe yeah, more, smoke, more afraid yeah. of the smoke than yeah, any podcast in the, in the industry. Yeah. And they have the, the Morris brothers on. And, you know, it's clear what their opinion of the situation was, right. but they did not challenge any of those answers, even as they're sitting there trying to toe the line between, well, he didn't hit me that hard and it almost ended my career. There's BS flying left and right, and they're sitting there going, yeah, that's a good point. The they mon- don't want to criticize It's them. funny, man, because I'm telling you, that so much of this is about guys really want to control the narrative, and they they don't want their image ever to, to take a hit. I think everybody has to take themselves a little less seriously, and that's easy for me to say. For these athletes, they just feel like millions of dollars are at stake for every sure. narrative that gains traction. And in a lot of t- times, that is true. The media can determine who the MVP is, for example, or change momentum. And sometimes there's money attached to those various things. So I I understand it. But at the same time, the sensitivity towards every little thing is like, are we not allowed to discuss? This is what people like about sports. They like to argue it and like create these debates. Just debate them. Um, So we side with Austin Rivers on this one. Another beef, Shannon Sharp versus Giannis Attentacumpo. Shannon Sharp says, and he's, by the way, Shannon Sharp is a debater. He comes up with, you know, takes and he's very good at it. He says, you keep talking about you being Giannis. You keep talking about surrounding you with talent. There's two spots being occupied by your brothers. Very elite take, I got to say, because one, actually false. He only has one brother now on the roster. But in the past, he's had multiple brothers. So it's kind of a fun take, even though this one is so marginal. But it is interesting. Where do you side? Does does he have a a take here? It's a bit like the the Gil discussion yesterday. 
the yeah. first layer of this for me is the take was delivered so well. That yeah, I just, yeah, I kind of yeah. am inclined to agree with it. it. I'm, I go, I'm of two minds about this particular line. I think the it is in fact true that his brothers get those two spots and are yeah. they particularly good? No. I also think there are some roster slots that can be for guys who don't play. Um, can they be for a person's brother though? Uh, I mean, they can be, but maybe he does lose some of his right to. I, I also am, am not sure if Giannis is saying that Milwaukee has failed to do that or if he's just right. ho holding them to that standard going forward. We need to continue to right. do that because when he first challenged them in this way, they went out and traded five firsts for Drew Holiday, and right. then they won a title. So that organization has responded to his call in the past, and maybe he's just continuing to apply that same pressure i don't know if he's implying that they have failed him to date but i do think shannon makes a good point here i really do um, yeah. that favor's been done those guys have gotten their contracts this is Giannis's prerogative if, that, if that's what he wants to do but there is a little bit of a have your cake and eat it too thing. so here's the thing there's 15 roster spots five are starters you probably want to have another five that you feel could play every game of the season. Just because there's an injury out, you don't want to feel like one of these guys. So you have 10 spots on your roster that you hope are for guys that you could trust to play on any given night. The last five spots, they you're probably going to have a locker room veteran or two. Sometimes you need two. Depending on what stage you are in your development, you might have to have two guys that are like, hey, DeAndre and Ishmith made a real impact on the team last year because they have all these different roles that only a veteran could fulfill. Now you're down to three spots. You're probably going to have one or two prospects, maybe three prospects, depending on how it is, because you just need to keep the pipeline of, of young, cheap, you know, role-playing talent there. I don't see, I, I think the Nuggets ran into this in previous seasons when they had a bowl bowl and they had like all these guys at the end of the bench that were these lottery tickets where it was like, do you have too many? Is there possible that you've used up too sure, many of yeah. your resources in one box? And the brother thing, if they're not going to actually play impactful minutes, the brother thing, like one, probably your limit. Two, we're starting to get to the point yeah, where it's yeah. like, man, now it's hard to have proper depth, proper vets, and proper youth all in there. So I would go ahead and say misdemeanor offense because I think it's really, really small. Yeah. But I do think that it is a little bit legitimate that, hey – I, the, it is hard to build a roster when you forfeit two spots. I do think Giannis is hitting the limit of whatever the old brand is. And, you know, there's a transit. He's going to have to pick a lane eventually, I think. Yeah. The, you can tell there's a bit of him that kind of does, I think, want to do the big market, big star, big face of the league, every commercial thing. And then there's a part of him who wants to kind of, you know, this blue collar, it's all about the work thing. And right. I just... I don't want to come down too hard on Giannis, who is actually awesome and already gotten it done and won a title. But there's just a little bit of a who is he going to be going forward. Who does forward? he remind you of? LeBron. And I, I disagree. Oh. There is a little LeBronness to his corniness and trying to craft a narrative. Yeah. But I think he might be a little more Kevin Durant. Ah, okay. So Kevin Durant had the backpack, riding his bike to work, blue collar, just a kid in the neighborhood, high-fiving all the children as he goes to... And then, obviously, left for Golden State... And I think he didn't change into what he is now until halfway through his time in Golden State, right? It really wasn't even until after the title. And I think Giannis is maybe a little bit in this too, to where in his mind he is one thing, but he's kind of becoming something else yes. and he doesn't know. I think LeBron always wanted to be this yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. I think Giannis is becoming that thing and is kind of like, oh man. I right. 
some of it's happening to him, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do think there's a little. Is he the you know kind of sheepish, new to America, new to the league guy, or is he like a, a real star star? And I, I do think in his late stage, he reminds me of LeBron in that he embraces the spotlight more than was a you know yeah. we originally thought. Um, it's not a per, I, it's not a perfect comparison, but I'm just I'm fat. Kevin Durant's a good one in that his perception of who he was as fans and media changed drastically throughout his career, and I just wonder if Giannis is is due for, like, we adjust how we understand him. It seems like we're approaching that threshold with him. The last beef we have here today, Patrick Beverly on the Los Angeles Clippers. Why every time they show the team, they show the Clippers? Every app I've seen it on, they showed Kawhi and PG. That's uh, effed up. They ain't load managing. They just been hurt. On the Clippers being the face of load management. Um... Me, <laughs> his beef is with the NBA media, like using them as the face of load management. We just a week ago called the load management rule the Clippers rule. I know, and a lot of Clippers media have pointed out how, if you really look at how the rule works, it's not something that's going to affect the Clippers based off the history of how they've rested these guys. Sometimes these sort of from a distance narratives are very kind of easy to fall into place, and then we all kind of take them and run with them. I do think there's a little both with Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi is both someone who is dealing with serious injury issues as his career winds down and someone whose approach to dealing with it was a pretty aggressive load management right. schedule. The other thing with Kawhi is that it's attached to some of the other things you hear that he's, you know, the the kind of being separate from the, the rest Correct. of the team. Yeah. The organization caters to him. He gets to do whatever he wants. That So there's an air of taking the regular season seriously that the Clippers refuse to do that I think is what everyone holds against them. Um, I think the actual point of the distinction between injuries and load management is maybe there's some meat on the bone there. Yeah. I The one thing I'll say is I think you got this right. He comes from the Clippers. He knows, man. Right. So I do feel like there's a little polishing this one. Also, Pat Bev, he's below to me Austin Rivers in the player doing podcast ranking because I think Pat Beverly can be very funny and interesting and at times very honest. But I think he's a little more, well, not a little more. I think he's a lot more crafted in who he defends and who he attacks than, yeah. say, Austin Rivers. And who I feel political, like maybe, yeah. And political. I just feel like I'm getting the real from Austin Rivers often, you know, because yes. he kind of just sprays everywhere, if I'll say this or that. But also, it doesn't feel personal to me. Like, he's not saying things that are personal, whereas I do feel like with Pat Beverly on this one. So I'm going to go ahead and say Pat Bev loses this beef. I side with, look, man, the Clippers have to actually show up and play. And f in any other era, a team like them gets assembled, gets anointed the champions before they ever play a game and then have never come close to actually winning a championship would actually be on the pressure cooker even more so than the Clippers sure. get. So to me, it that's part of the game, man. The Clippers deserve to be sort of um, held to a high standard. People are tired of them. And, you know, a lot of media pick them to be something year and year, year after year, like you were saying. And there's the disappointment factor, too, of like, I'm just done with these guys until they show something differently. So yeah. I think that's fair. My favorite Pat Bev podcast moment, I don't know if you saw that dumb clip of Gary Vee talking about how anyone wearing a Nuggets jersey yeah, yeah. outside of Denver is insecure. And they cut to Pat Bev, and he has the most obvious what the – look are you talking about look on his face i've ever seen so gary v hilarious by the way that clip we never talked about it but that clip i guess that's beef gary gary v has bandwagon nuggets fans he's he hates it he Dude. hates it. He's, everywhere you turn there's nuggets everything you can tell he thinks it's such a bar <laughs> yeah, such a good does, line yeah. he repeats it twice yeah. 
and it's not drop the mic silence. Yeah. It's no one agrees with you silence. Yeah, but totally. Anyway, yeah. shout is out it, Gary Vee. What a yeah. cool guy. His, the, the spirit of the point is right. He picked the single worst the team to make worst that about. Example. The worst yeah. example ever. I think if you're walking around with a Nuggets, Nuggets jersey, too popular, man. you know ball. That's actually yeah. what it means. <laughs> Nuggets just too popular yeah. worldwide, man. Just Sick can't, of it. Can't stop the train, bro. Sick of it, man. Can't stop the train. Hop on. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, somebody in the chat hopped in to say you guys have to be making a clickbait. Hell no, I'm not. Hell no, I'm not. Jokic has an open GOAT potential. It is possible for him to become the GOAT. We'll talk about how he would have, what, what it would take. He's far from it. He's not there. We're but not saying he's there. He's not saying he's there, but. But hey, we've always been ahead of the curve on the Jokic takes. What's the limit? Let's find out together. Oh, that's so true. Another, oh, another doubter? Another oh, man. doubter, dude? That's always worked out, historically speaking, with the Jokic thing. Fubo TV, 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. Start watching them immediately as well with a free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. What should you watch? College football, folks. Catch the fever, bus fever, Pac-12, University of Colorado. Catch them on Fubo as well as the NFL. Some tennis, all the good sports. Watch all your favorite college football and NFL with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash DNVR. That's www.fubotv.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Also want to talk to you about Nutrafol. Men, as you get older, you might notice that hair thinning, and you do not have to choose between hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, no drugs, no compromises. A lot of products where the end result sounds great. I'm wary of what I'm putting in my body, mostly because I don't understand anything. Nutrafol, it seems real simple. No drugs involved here. It's the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. Clinically shown to improve hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Take the first step today. Head over to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code DNVR. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code DNVR. And we are back for an exciting segment here. Nikola Jokic, what would it take for him to make the GOAT debate, enter the GOAT debate? And the reason I started thinking about this vote, I was listening to Ben Taylor's uh, thinking basketball, and he was doing... You know, the, I, I think there's a myth of GOAT. I actually think the idea of best player, I have mine, it's Michael Jordan. But, like, I, I don't think it's definitive. Sure. I just think, I actually think the question is more fun than it is logical. Yeah. You know, like, it's yeah, just yeah. fun to do. There's lots of players. And he went through and just made a case for 15, 20 different players. Did, could they be the GOAT? LeBron, Kareem, Magic, Larry, Akeem, Tim Duncan. He goes through the list. And then he even had a couple others like Nate Thurman, who I like, where it was like, guys, nobody talks about, but hey, let's look at the circumstances. What did they do and how did they get underrated perhaps in history? And I thought it was a really, really cool discussion. And as he went through, players like um, Kevin Garnett, there's two guys arguing, Ben Taylor and his co-host. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. But they were, Kevin Garnett made one of theirs, but not the other. David Robinson both just barely missed the cut of what, what it would take, but at least goes to show like this is the broad what would it take to enter the conversation for this person could be the GOAT. Now, they were liberal. They actually, if you asked them who they thought, there was only like three or four guys that they think actually have a case, Michael, LeBron, Kareem mainly. Um, but the question for this one is what would it take for Jokic to enter that conversation? One thing I want to say here about if we project the end of Jokic's career, let's just say 2030 is the end because I think it makes a nice round number. I think that one thing that would have to happen for this, because Jokic is not that popular, 
even if he wins all these games, will he match the popularity of Jordan? Probably not. That was the most famous person alive for like 10 years. Yeah. LeBron, probably not. I think, though, at some point, we're going to start separating eras. In the same way that we subconsciously separate Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain from Michael Jordan, we go like those are different. I do think that one of the things that has to happen for LeBron or for Jokic, I think 2020 has to become a new era to where sure. people think about LeBron, MJ, Kareem, all as goats of, and Wilt as their respective, Wilt or Russell as in their respective eras. And then it gets separated. Then you just kind of put those guys are all the goat, but you can't compare that far apart. I would agree with that. And what's interesting is can he make it definitive in an era and not maybe the most fascinating example of a, a lack of a definitive answer with LeBron versus Steph. Like when right. do those eras start and end? How much of it was Braun versus Steph? How much of it is Steph was on some of the greatest teams ever assembled? LeBron wasn't. Did LeBron do that to himself? It gets difficult. Yeah. Jokic, in theory, could end up in that kind of conversation with Giannis, I think. Yeah. Um, a lot of Giannis's accomplishments happened enough, you know, long ago enough that maybe just this decade Jokic can go forward and own. But I think he has to make it definitive and go and take some of it away from Giannis, who can make a case for it, at least narratively, to enter the right. if you're telling the story of the NBA, you know, Giannis's resume is is you can't omit it, right? Right. So that's that's one thing I'm keyed in so, on. So here's I'm going to go some narrative check marks. These are just narrative things that you, I think you probably have to clear to even enter the conversation. I think he would probably need four championship rings as a minimum. Sure. I don't know if he had three. Say the Nuggets win three. I think it's really hard to make a case over guys like Jordan. Even just getting into the narrative portion of it, it would be too hard. Even if you can give all the, you know, there's legitimate excuses or this or that. At the end of the day... You kind of need to win rings, and I think four is the minimum amount that you can make a case. Yeah, I think that's true, especially because I think you have to leapfrog some of what you touched on earlier, which yeah. is just the general, uh, what is it, Q score in the in the yeah. in the public, right? Like Jokic will never get over culturally the way those guys did, so that he almost has to make up some ground, right? right? So it has to be at least four. One thing that I do think could work in his favor if he starts stacking them up. They're not all created equally. Everyone gives LeBron all the credit in the world for Cleveland finally getting there, making that comeback. The Denver Nuggets were destined to never win a championship before right. Jokic showed up. Right. Now, we know that part of the story better than the general public. I wonder. I think it counts, though. It this should, is, man. It counts. I, Dirk's one title earned him so much reverence. Now, he doesn't enter the GOAT conversation, but if Jokic you know, stacks up three or four in Denver... Do you start looking at it as, you know, one of the greater career accomplishments in basketball history? And that would, in theory, springboard Denver into the upper echelons of orgs in the league. And, you know, that's something that LeBron has done. Steph has done. But LeBron's only done it once. I agree with that. Um, but just like take not just taking a team and a roster, but taking an organization to and making them different. Place. So LeBron, you mentioned, has only done it once. Now, people don't remember this, but Chicago Big market, big city, but not thought of that way. Right. Like the Chicago right. Bulls were not a destined to be the greatest team of a decade. Jordan elevated them to that. So he gets the credit there. Tim Duncan, San Antonio, elevates them to elevates that. Them. Yep. Had good teams, but I'm just saying the Spurs, I mean, were not a powerhouse that was getting all these players. So I do think that that is a big piece of this is that it's specifically in Denver. And if you compare Kobe getting five in L.A., versus Jokic getting four in Denver, you could at least look at that and say, man, if you just told me, 
if, if I could tell you, like, I just blessed you with the greatest basketball talent in the world, and you get to pick what team you go to, but you have to win four championships. You wouldn't pick Denver. Yeah. Nope. You'd be like, I have to, or else what? Or else you die. Well, like, okay, I'm going to the Lakers because it's almost certainly going to be easier there. For example, LeBron probably could have done it. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> Hard pass. So, yeah, I do. I honestly think that has to matter. Yeah. I already think it matters for the one. To me, having been on the ground level for this and watching it, this was. There are so many individuals that deserve credit outside of Jokic, but it is still the case that Jokic is the essential. Factor in that championship. I think he probably needs four MVPs just because I do think the MVP part of this matters. Like, he has a great chance this year. Here's first of all, how many years do you think he has MVP potential in him? How many would you guess uh, going forward? I think he has another four or five years. Four, four or five years of MVP potential. So, in theory, he could win seven MVPs is like the most MVPs he could win if he won every year because he'd have to keep winning championships. If they won the title and he wins MVP this year, is it more likely that he would win the MVP the following year? Like I'm not sure. No, because there is a there is a voter fatigue that has nothing to do with what happened last th year. This is what I'm asking. Say they win the next, they win three in a row. So they win this year and then two more, and he wins two MVPs the next year. So he has four MVPs, sure, sure. but they've won three in a row. Is there voter fatigue at that point, or is it like, hey man, they just won three straight? Maybe oh, they'll win four. I, I think because I think at that point, even Jordan LeBron hit that wall too of. They just a second wall. Yeah, last year's was different. It was a different kind of presentation of the yeah. thing. No, but also, oh, like, was yeah, it voter yeah, fatigue or was it a weird... Yeah, cultural thing, yeah. Yeah, which we all know what we're talking about. And I think going forward, it might be more of the traditional, you know... Yeah. Like, because you also have to start topping yourself. Right. That's what happened to Giannis and LeBron and Jordan, is it's, you know, is this even the best we've seen of you in the last five years? Right. So it gets weird like that. But I think he can win, though. Four MVPs, to me, seems extremely possible. I mean, I'm not saying it will happen. I bet you the line... What would you think the Vegas line would be on Jokic MVPs for the rest of his career from here on out? Two and a half. You think the line would be two and a half? One and a half, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The line, the line's probably one and a half. Man. What do you think, Kale? I just think an MVP is hard. Yeah, that's hard. I'd probably, I'd probably set the line at 0.5. Well, hang on. 0.5 and yeah. then the odd, it'd hang be on. like minus money. It'd but be like minus yeah. 140 or he's something. He's getting one more. We know how this works. Really? He's, he's owed one for last year. We know it. If he's even close to the conversation, I, I don't actually, know, man. I think he gets a bump this year. I think one and a half has positive money. It's probably plus 180. One and a half. Two and a half is too high. Two and a half is too, too high. way too high. Way too high. One and a half, though. So you think if he gets two more MVPs to me, four MVPs, like that's a lot, man. It's LeBron. You know, that's you're only shy of MJ and Kareem. And, and, and as as you know, and I mean this respectfully, like my father and the old heads will tell you there were years where they should have won more. We will all have this yeah. year too. where like, hey, man, it really should have been three in a row. Yeah. By the way, that is the big for Jokic. The big picture is the team winning a title. Didn't give a shit about three in a row. I get it. You and yeah. I care about this stuff. Three MVPs in a row, which he actually did enough to earn. Although shout out Embiid. That is a narrative thing that would have been so hard to take away from him. Right. Because, and I don't want to, we're going to stick with the broader conversation, but Jokic at that point would have had a very good case for, okay, maybe Goat is tough, but best peak? I mean, he's in that conversation. Right. So that's why that one was frustrating. But I think he gets one this year. All right, we got to roll through these. M another narrative one. I don't think he can have a bad playoff loss. I agree with you that. You can have playoff losses. Jordan lost. LeBron lost. These different things. Now, LeBron has the weird one in that he lost to the 2011 Mavs, and it was, yes, Dirk was playing out of his mind, but really it was LeBron played well or played poorly 
in a series they lost in which they were favored. I don't think those two things can happen and you have a GOAT case. LeBron, it happened early enough in his career. He hadn't won yet. And it can fit a narrative of like he had to go. And I actually think this is true. He had to kind of hit rock bottom before he could sure. like fully unlock everything. I think that part is true. And his rock bottom was losing in the finals. In by the, the finals like on a, a different... big stage. And it was like J.J. Beret and Deshaun Stevenson that like shut him down. So there was, it, to me, it, he can survive that. But I don't think you can have that many, man. Like, Jordan didn't have bad playoff well, losses. You know, early, even early in his career, great performances. I think you could make the case right now that Jokic doesn't have a single bad playoff loss. The only one would be the Blazers. But even in that one, the team recused themselves very well. Or he recused himself very well, even though the team came up a little bit short. And he was so young. It was a young team. But losing to the Suns when they were injured, not not embarrassing. He had a 30-20-10 game in that yeah. one. That was last year. Losing to the or two years ago. Losing to the Warriors, same thing. They go on to win the title. I don't think he has a bad playoff loss, but if he got upset in a playoffs that we don't foresee, where they were like decently favored, I just... That doesn't happen. The margins get so thin at the top. Yeah, man, and that's why we were all... That was the unspoken thing, because we were far away from this conversation, even a hot box and hot take. The unspoken feeling to gain three against Utah. Yeah. Is this going to be it? Yeah. Is this going to be the one stain that we can't look past? Right. That would have been, by the way. It sure would have been. Shout out Mike Conley missing that shot. Um, also, we know Jokic redeemed himself in that series. Ultimately, the last laugh, the game winner over Gobert. But that's what was so scary about that moment and why it's the ultimate sliding doors moment because that would have been the one that people never let him live down. These past two, as you mentioned, A, the circumstances explainable, and then B, immediately patched up by 16 and 4. The next time everyone was healthy, right. they did it. Yep. They have to, he has to be the definitive best player of the 2020 to 2028. I think you could say right now in 2023, he has a very strong case, maybe the strongest case of any player to so far be the best player of the 2020s. Don't think it's even close. Well, Giannis. Also, also has a title. Yeah. Also, you know, So I think yeah. you can make a case that Giannis and Jokic are at least... Neck and neck for best player of the 2020s. But for going forward, for the rest of this peak of his, I just don't think you can have... Magic and Larry are the only two, but they get a little discounted because of them being together. Like, if it was Magic definitively above Larry, he might be considered closer to Jordan, but instead they're both pitted in the same tier below. I think it has to be the same for Yoke. He can't have... Even LeBron, Steph Curry ate a lot on his watch. Right, that's right. I think that Jokic needs to like own this decade and nobody eats consistently while he's here. Right. We talked about that before. And you're right to check me on the like the resumes will look similar with Giannis. In my opinion, last three years, who's been the best player in the world? Cut and dry. Right. But I, I am biased. So you're right about that. I agree that he needs to separate. I also think he's going to. Yeah. What well, if you win? No, but I also think there was like a, they don't actually directly line up. I think Giannis had a sort of four to five year window right before Jokic came on okay. the scene that was his right um but i do think from here going forward my prediction is that Jokic separates from Giannis within this decade why am i depressing grace j says adam is so depressing i don't get what was depressing about that we're <laughs> was literally debating if he could be the best the player, best player of, all of all time, time. Man, sorry, so sorry to be depressing higher um and then i think he needs more big time playoff m m moments and this is just this is the true of any goat. It's not always just the accolades. It's the moments. Are there moments there? LeBron, we could the block. 
You know, we could think about the some of the big time performance game six against the Celtics. You know, uh, there's all these moments, game six and seven in the finals coming back. We could think of all these big time moments. Jordan, even more so, I feel like we could have these big time moments. Jokic is probably one of these moments sometimes are about like the stakes. And with Jokic, the stakes are always smaller because he's not as popular as these guys. Right. They're not actually smaller in terms of basketball. They're just smaller in people's minds like they weren't hyped up the way they should have been. Nonetheless, I do think he has quite a few big moments and big statistical moments. I mean, he has three 30-20-10 games. He has one of them in the finals, the only one in the finals. He's got the game one versus the Lakers. He's got the shots on AD. He's got the game seven versus Rudy. Sweeping the Lakers uh, itself is a moment that you could just say, like, yeah, he swept LeBron. Like, that's a big narrative thing. You've got 65 out of 68 minutes. There's some big moments here, but I would say he's probably 25% the way to a maybe less, maybe 20% through the GOAT resume. Statistically, I think he has a lot of games that statistically are incredible, but moments, I still feel like he needs a lot of moments. He needs a lot of game winners or dominant games like game one. With enough runway, I think it's inevitable. Jokic produces moments on the biggest stage. That we knew well before we knew the rest of it about him, right? So as long as they're in the playoffs, that will happen. That's why the Lakers matchup was so delicious, not just the personal beef from the Denver side of things, but also no one was missing that. It was LeBron, and it was on the heels of beating a KD team. And yes, the actual story of it, if we're talking you know, in this conversation, those guys were a little older, post some injuries, not at their peaks, but... but that stuff kind of gets muddied as, as time goes on. And the sentence is still true that Jokic has some playoff series wins over LeBron James, right. over Kevin Durant, guys that are also in the GOAT discussion. Do you think he's 20, 25, 30% the way there? Y- yeah, I do. How many? What percentage? I, I'll, I'll probably go with 30. And so I, you think he needs to triple the number of big time moments, series, runs? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think it's Goats about... Goat's hard, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's about maintaining course. There's a little bit of... Sometimes we're so anxious about our guy or your guy that you kind of forget... They get up to 27, 28. Oh, my God, are they ever going to get it done? Right. That's actually when it starts. Yeah. That's not... The, like, they're not behind schedule. Right, if you've right. Produ- if you've entered this conversation at this age, you just got to maintain course. I do think he needs more moments, but I honestly think the moments are inevitable if his career is long enough and the Nuggets are good enough. Right. Um, do you think he needs to have a season better than the one he just had? Do you think he needs to have a playoff run better than the one he just had? I think he needs to have one more season of the caliber of the last three that's attached to a title run. Just so, one? Um, think about LeBron. Here's here's why. Think about LeBron here. Some people say his peak. Statistically, his peak was 2009. Like, in the playoffs, he was unbelievable, this or that. Then you think, like, well, 2013 was probably his most efficient year. Then 2016, I think he was his most complete player. Sure. You could do this for Jordan. In 88, he wins all three awards, right? Scoring title, defensive player of the year, and MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then in 91, or 93, maybe he was at the peak of everything. 96, he was wiser and older and just an even dominant in a different way. There's different iterations of it. Part of what I'm saying is I'm not sure how much better a season can be than the last three seasons Jokic okay. put together. And one of the reasons why it won't be talked as the 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 best peak of all time, A, that MVP being stolen from him, but B, two of those years actually reaching the finals was borderline futile. Right. And so 
those were two years that could have been Jordan LeBron years. Best player in the regular season, capped with a great run, but he missed out on those. So he needs one to two more of this elite, wow, that's one of the best regular seasons I've ever seen, and it ended in a ring. Right. I do think after that it's okay if his numbers are impressive but not as good as this three, four-year window because, I don't know, man, who has a, a run as good as this three to four window? At some point, you can't get much better. I think Jokic's best regular season was last year, 2022, and his best playoffs was 2023. Right. So at this moment, I feel like you could call two different years peaks, but you could even call 2021 right. also but, in the running But there. one to two more years of these things lining yeah. up, these okay. outcomes lining up. Um, and then the last one I have here for GOAT, does he need to have an impactful legacy on the sport? And the question here is, Kareem and Tim Duncan get knocked a little bit for not having a cultural impact the way Jordan and LeBron Yeah, have. I think so. So do you think that it's almost impossible from a narrative standpoint? Because we know, I don't think Yoke's going to have a cultural impact in that way. I think this is the biggest barrier. And I mean, obviously between him having to go and win three more MVPs and three more titles, pretty insane ifs, you know, but (laughs) even if he does that or more, even if he does all that stuff, which by the way, we're not purporting he will, but maybe he, let's say in the event that he does, I still think he'll enter this conversation this way. People like you and me telling our grandkids, do not forget or overlook any, and people like Ben Taylor making these videos and going, you got to include him in that four and five. I don't think he'll ever really enter the barbershop conversations, the just walking down the street, the sports bar conversations of Jordan versus LeBron. But basketball nerds who watched are go, are will definitely have a... Now, don't forget this guy the same way we do with Wilt Chamberlain, for right, example. Right, right, And is it a coincidence that Jokic and Wilt might be lined up next to each other in a lot of record right. books? So maybe that's the... He enters this as a, a Wilt figure of... And another parallel, was there any footage of Wilt? Jokic played in Denver, so no one saw him. So we'll have to convince people this actually happened. So here's where I think he can leave a legacy on the on the sport that's the narrative legacy. Dirk was, in a lot of ways, the first superstar European. You know, we had Drazen, we had Sabonis, we've had all these players. But Dirk was, like, considered the biggest, you know, the biggest name. What if he was the predecessor to the wave? And Jokic is considered the guy that ushered in this entirely new wave. Now, it's not directly a credit to him. Luka was already here. Giannis is already coming over here. But if we look at the 2020s as the year Europe took over the NBA's upper echelon, and Jokic was the top of that, he then becomes the face of a new era of the NBA that no longer was owned by the Americans. And... To further that home, this is why my prophecy is my Ah, favorite of all of this. I knew you were going there. Jokic playing for Serbia... And winning a gold medal against a fully formed and and intent Team USA that features LeBron and this or that, while it's not an NBA thing, I actually think it would add to his GOAT trophy case if he beat a quote-unquote dream team. It, it feeds into that part of the narrative, and given that we don't think he'll get the cultural bump, does it take something fascinating? Is there a Jokic documentary where and he took down the dream team? It's not and. They become tied together. Tied this together. idea that the 2020s was right. the world, the world sort of like raising to the same tier as the U.S. collectively versus the U.S. solely, but yeah. raising themselves to that level and the exclamation point on it or the defining right. moment of it wasn't even in the NBA. It was actually he dominated the NBA, but he also won on the international stage. We're actually agreeing semantically. I'm with you. So I think it's, I think that's part of it. And by the way, what you described, I think 
is going to happen. I think he is going to be... Giannis will get some of this as well, but we'll look at this era as the era that it truly became a global game in that the best players in the world were not just arguably not Americans. In this case, right now, definitely not. And Jokic will be the face of that, in my opinion. Do you see that Truth the Bearer down there said I'm young? No, he's talking to the chat. He's now moved on oh. to a Djokovic debate. So. Oh, okay. I was yeah. going to say, I, I wonder how long I'm going to be considered young. Am I still young? I'm 39. Um, Should we go to the ad read? Yeah, let's go to the ad read. All right, on the other side, that was narrative case, which is very important for a GOAT because GOAT is hypothetical. But what is the statistical markers that already show him to be, you know, that this is a fair conversation to have? You know who's the GOAT? Breckenridge Brewery. Brewery. We love our Breck beers at DNVR, like Broncos Country. Pretty seasonally appropriate. If you want to enjoy Sundays, it might take a little help. $6 at the DNVR bar. New recipe. Breck Brew has a beer for every occasion. There's no better to, way to watch a game than having some Breck Brew with it. Check out the Breck Beer locator. Tell it which beer you're looking for. It'll tell you where to go next, down to the tenth of a mile. Or just come and meet us on the corner of uh, Colfax in York, where we have delicious Brecks in can, on tap, Flowing all football weekend long. And once you're done uh, hanging out at the DNVR bar, go back home to your own sports mecca, the, the Man or Woman Cave, mm. with a little help from FOCO, a leading manufacturer of sports, the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports. They have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code DNVR for 10% off. We back? Yeah. We back. All right. Segment three here as we dive into Jokic's GOAT uh, potential. Number one, here's let me give you some stats that are important. Now, these catch-all metrics don't mean everything. We're the first to know this. You know, We're the first to know it. They don't mean everything, but they are interesting. We're going to go through catch-all advanced stats, and we're also going to go through some individual just regular counting stats. Currently, would you guess who is number one in NBA history, NBA and ABA, but NBA history, number one all-time in playoff PER? I would think it is either... LeBron, Jordan, or Steph? Right now, it is Nikola Jokic. Oh! He is number one. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, this list must be very flawed. And PER's flawed, right? It's, it's very flawed. antiquated catch-all. Move on. Number two is Michael Jordan. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, number three is George Mikan, which is a very interesting one because this is like such an early, you know, you have to, whatever. Number four is LeBron James. So if we look at this and say of the modern, quote-unquote, modern era, the order is Jokic, Jordan, LeBron. Only one of those names would seem like a little bit of an outlier to most people. Sure, It's not like this list is terrible. Giannis, Barkley, Duncan, Shaq, Akeem. These are guys in the top 10. These are all guys that we would agree. There's nobody in there that doesn't belong in that conversation. Jokic is number one. There's at least some. Let me go through a couple more for you here. Just be, but to, listen to your point. If you start getting names like Demar Derozan, right. we're throwing that one out. But that okay, largely checks out. Largely checks out. If we go to career playoff box plus minus, and again, I'm doing playoffs here. I'm doing playoffs. I'm not trying to do regular season this or that. This is playoffs when it matters. Number one is Michael Jordan box plus minus. Number two is Nikola Jokic. Number three is LeBron James. Uh, in my experience watching basketball. Checks out, Adam. <laughs> Kawhi, Giannis, Magic, T-Max, Steph, Akeem, Larry, Bird, all in the top ten. Like, again, once again, all guys that we would understand. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is maybe the most surprising, but remember, he's had some big-time playoff performances. Sure. Like he's, sure. He stepped up. 
Uh, wind shares per 48. Let's go to a different one. PER, box plus minus, wind shares. These are all a little bit different. Number one is Michael Jordan. Number two is George Mikan. Number three is LeBron James. Number four is Jokic. It turns out that all catch-all metrics have Jokic, LeBron, Jordan, one, two, three. And by the way, this close in terms of which one is which, right? They yep. all are razor thin and which one's first, second, or third. To me, these again, these stats don't mean everything. They don't mean everything. But they don't mean nothing. And it just goes to show that Jokic has had some insane... Uh, and By so, the way, as Jokic truthers, we might want to get on the on the Mikan is underrated train. George Mikan, yeah, excuse Mikan, me. Yeah. Um, uh, also, it's not. He played with there was no painted area. I know, it's I know, like I too know. different. Man. They I, had to get it out. Of the, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking that it helps our Jokic yeah. argument. But I don't want to step on your toes because we have the, the this pulled up. But you're looking at mostly playoff numbers right now, right? Only playoff Only numbers. Only playoff numbers. Can I throw a regular season one in there? Please. They're, they come up later, but sure. Oh, they do come up later. Oh, I'll let you. We'll know just go through the, go through you the order here. If we go through triple doubles, so now let's get out of the that and just go to counting stats. Triple doubles. Jokic currently has a hundred and five. He is sixth. A hundred and seven is a tie. Our, our number four is a tie at hundred and seven for LeBron and Jason Kidd. So when Jokic gets two more, odds are he is going to vault into the top four all time in triple doubles. And within striking distance is Magic Johnson at one thirty eight. And I think it's realistic to think he could catch Oscar and maybe even Russell Westbrook. It would be tough for both to catch both of those guys, but I think it's safe to say he's very good chance of being top three all time in triple doubles by the time he retires. Yeah, and uh, playoff triple doubles. Oh yeah, top three, top oh, of course. And not only that, he had ten this year. He had ten the first year in his prime with his fully healthy roster. He goes for ten. It was the most ever in a playoff run. And 16 total is, uh, thir- is behind Magic. Magic has 30. He's He's got, uh, what did you say, 15, I think, or 14? He's got 16 more to go to pass Magic. He ver- This is the one that I think has like a really good chance of him being yep. number one all time in playoff triple doubles. Yeah, this not one I think is... Not padding. No, this one's probably likely, too, and... Yeah, they're not stat padding, and then, then this is one where the numbers, as juicy as they are, almost don't tell the whole story. If you're watching, these triple doubles are routine. They're routine. 30-20-10 games. He's got three in the playoffs. He's got one in the finals. There's only been five ever in the playoffs as a whole. Wilt, Kareem, Jokic three times. These are just counting numbers. 30-20-10, incredibly hard to do. But let's take out the rebounding because you're punishing... You know, bigs rebound, right? Guards don't always rebound. Let's just say 30 points, 10 assists. That's a guard stat line, by the way. 30 points, 10 assists. He's already has eight of these overall. He's striking distance to Michael Jordan at 15. LeBron has 22. It's possible Jokic becomes the number one playoff 30-10 guy. 10 assists. Yeah, and as a center. And so then you start going as far as guys who revolutionized the game or played it in a way that's never been played before or pushed our boundaries of understanding a position or the game forward. There's a statistical argument for something that is typically just a take you say into the microphone, but you start to have stats that reflect this has never been done before. Then you have the points here. His career high being 53 in a playoff game is pretty awesome because there's a lot of players whose playoff high is not that high, has never been that high. But to me, this is the other one. It's just the same way LeBron was thought as like of a passer early in his career. It was like, well, he's much 
He's passer like a little bit of a lesser passer than Magic, but not quite the scorer of of a Jordan. Well, then he became one of the greatest scorers, right? And it was like, no, he's actually just a scorer who's also a great passer. I think with Jokic, he's largely considered right now a great passer and a good scorer. I think it's wrong. He's right. incredibly efficient. But I do wonder if when you see years like this, when he scores 32 a game against Anthony Davis, if he just has a couple more series like that and a couple more individual games, 50-point playoff games, I think people will be like, well, he was a great passer, but you know, Shaq was a better scorer. And we'll say, well, hold up. Shaq ever score 53 right. in the playoffs? Right. Did Shaq ever score 55 times over the course of his career? That's Jordan scored 55 times in the playoffs and Jokic. Then you get to make that argument. Yep, there's no doubt, man. There's no doubt. And uh, he has this late start to the to the career thing as a second-round pick, right, who is it's different than all these other guys who are playing right away. So the regular season numbers will never actually reflect it the way his peak will, right? Even now, you look up the career points per game, it's lower than you'd think based off how he's played the last few years because started off the bench and eventually earned the trust of the organization. So that's why you got to go to playoff scoring for Jokic. And when it's all said and done, the combination of volume and efficiency as a playoff scorer will be something that few people can touch. And that it is the case that he is an elite scorer. It is not the case that people recognize that yet. Do you know how many times 50 has been scored in a playoff game in the NBA history? How many times is that? 49. Okay. He's got one of them. Um, 53 points has only been done 20 times. 20 times has a player scored 53 or more. So he's already up there. I just I do think 53 is likely going to be his career high in a single playoff game. But at the same time, who knows? Who knows, man? <laughs> I, I, I think you do your... It's smarter to leave everything on the table than take anything off the table. So for me... I do think there is a narrative thing about him having to, um, you know, win. You just have to finish it off with the hardware. Oh, and I think to. it's fair. I honestly think when you get to this level, I think it's unfair for when you're trying to gauge players in like the 50th best player of all time range, because circumstance does matter for most players. But once you get into the top 10, it's like, look, man, you're good enough that you could win. LeBron is good enough that he could have won 10, 11, 12 titles. At the end of the day, you have to count what they did win and forget the circumstance. And I think for Jokic, it's going to be the same. So he has to win. But to me, I really think it is as simple as this, Vote. I really think it's as simple as this. What Jokic did in 2023, just what he did, between regular season and playoffs, and then how it ended, got to do that three, four, five more times. I think three more times, you're in the conversation, probably behind. You do it five more times, right. I think you're in the very shortlist conversation. And if you do what he just did six times, I know people are going to find this absolutely crazy. Jordan did not do this six times. Jordan did this I would say probably two times, and then he had something slightly below this, not much, slightly below this another four times. But what Yoke did this year, 30, 20, 10 games, multiple times, 30 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds through the playoff, through the best defenders, you do this a couple more times, your resume is going to stack up with the with anybody's in history. He did it once, which is impressive enough. Right. Do it four, five, six times. I agree with, I, I agree with that. I think... I think he's going to enter the bubble of the conversation, to be honest. I like I can see him doing this two or three more times. Yeah, I can see him doing it more than that. I'm just not going to pencil that in because what are we talking about here? Him being the greatest basketball player of all time? Yeah, a lot has to break right. But I do think there's at least two more years of without inarguably the best player during the regular season and the playoffs, utter dominance. LeBron has this peak that the longevity thing that we will maybe never see again yeah. from anyone. Yeah. Um, 
at his very, very, very best, Jokic played the game of basketball as well, if not better, than anyone I've ever seen. Right. I miss the Jordan part, so right. I'm not... I'm taking myself out of it and all the greats that came before. There's almost a ceiling, though, to what is possible. You know what I mean? And right. Like, and Yoke's knocking on that ceiling at his best. But I watched LeBron with the same reverence, with the same hope about what I'd get <laughs> out of the experience, thinking I'd never see an athlete like that. It's not quite the same because at his peak defensively, he was a different animal. But I'll say this. Offensive peak, what I've seen Jokic through the last three years, he's made the game of basketball look easier than I've ever seen. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, by the way, let's just do career box plus minus. We keep doing well. It's you just got to go to the playoffs where he yeah, really dominates. Yeah. Uh, do you think Magic Johnson's one of the best players of all time? Yes. Do you think LeBron James is one of the best players of all time? No question. How about Michael Jordan? I do. I do think. He okay, is. that's four, three, and two in career box plus minus leaders. Man, who's, who's number one? Who is number one? It's Nikola Jokic. So look, all I'm saying is so far, I test it. Kind of checks out. I know he has a lot to do. But let's not pretend he's behind schedule. At this age, Jokic has set himself up to at least be in this conversation. I love it. I honestly think it's possible, too. Of course, unlikely. The unlikely, odds are always man. against it. But I'm just saying what he did this year was the top S tier. Like, if you did tiers of playoff runs, Jokic's 2023 goes in the S tier, along with several other players, some of whom did it multiple times. He gets one in the S tier category. And that alone is super, super rare. At first, it was, can he be an all-star? Then can he be an MVP? Then can he be top 20? At what point is there a limit? And why do we have to stop wondering? Yeah. Uh, maybe Sky is the limit. I love it. I love it. They just gave us top 15. They just gave us. They just gave us best player in the league. We want more. We just grab more we're, territory. We're always a couple years ahead. We're what just can I say? We might man. be wrong on this one, but it's worth trying. It's worth trying. We might not. Yeah. All right, let's go to break. On the other side, I want to, one last thing about the GOAT thing, and then we're going to talk about Poole and Porter, the difference between Warriors culture and Nuggets culture, perhaps? When it's all said and done, that Jokic resume, man, you're not going to be able to look at it, not without at least a pair of shady rays protection your eyes because it's just too beautiful. You too can look beautiful, feel beautiful with Shady Rays. You don't have to spend a million bucks to feel like you look like a million bucks and you can shop at Shady Rays with no risk because if you don't like them or you break them, you can exchange for free within 30 days. Do what over 250,000 people have done. Go to Shady Rays and check out some of their sunglasses, but do what we want you to do. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code DNVR because then you get two plus pairs of sunglasses at 50% off, not 15, 50, half off, two plus pairs of sunglasses. Try them for yourself. The shade's rated over five stars, five stars by over 250,000 people. DraftKings is uh, a great place to hang out on any football weekend. And as we know, the football weekends start well before the weekend these days. You got Thursday night football. You've got some great college football. You've got some awesome NFL action. Get some skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. And right now, new customers can bet $5, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Football's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the app now. Sign up with code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Use code DNVR and the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensed partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football turns for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. 
And we are back. All right. Final segment here on the Thursday edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Real quick to tie a bow on the GOAT thing. I just want to say, I don't think Jokic is the only player currently playing who has GOAT potential. Sure. LeBron James obviously does, and he's still playing. LeBron has four championships. Him still playing, it is possible he wins another one, and his GOAT case goes even up even more. Every year he keeps playing and playing at a top five, six, seven player level. You like have to sit there and go, okay, if they won a title next year, we thought the Warriors were done, and then they win another one, and you're like, okay, now they, right, right. you know, it changes things. LeBron, even though I would bet against it at this age, and I do think that he has been surpassed by players like Jokic, you somehow find, manage a way to have just that magical playoff run, which, sure. by the way, they were having until they ran into Jokic. Yeah. But if you have that playoff run and he gets another one or two, his GOAT case goes up even more. And uh, he has the totals case, which he continues to add on right. the assist scoring numbers. I do think people care about that less than peak. They factored in like, but, the, but like Kareem played for forever too. And people, did, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I think Luka Doncic maybe has the next best case for goat in large part because he's so young and so skilled. He's got his whole career ahead of him. He does statistically, he does things people haven't done. I also just think uh, he's good enough that you start to ask yourself that question, right? Versus juxtaposition with a guy like Giannis, right. who I think his resume might actually be better than Luca's because of just the early accolades. But did anyone watching this era, as as great as we think Giannis is, do we really think he's the best basketball player of all time? I honestly think that question will just have a no to it, whether that's fair or not. Luca, I think, has this dynamic, well-rounded game that maybe allows him to slide into that conversation. That being said, Giannis is next on my list. Like right. he has a chance to His be this. I insane. mean, he has one title. He has two MVPs. Yep. It's entirely possible. He owns the 2020s and wins three, four, five in a row coming up. And then you look at that. I do think that again, it'll Giannis is going to do this thing where I think he ends up leaving and going to a big market and we're all going to be annoyed, but you know what? It's just part of the game and you know, you get accolades for him. Steph Curry. I put him on here. He has a chance. He has four titles. We think the Warriors are done. What if Steph wins two, three, four more? Like at a certain point, you do have to look at it and go, I mean, he's got, right now he has four titles. It's insane. He's way up there. But Ste Steph is kind to Jokic in this conversation in that yeah, he his is. argument is going to start with at a certain point. Yeah, at a certain point. You know, exactly. At a it. certain point when we add it all up. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, I'm just saying I, it's not crazy to think Steph could have six or seven titles. I'm betting he ends up with four. I think they're done. But. And watching the whole time, you know, I think LeBron James was a better basketball yeah. player. I am prepared 10 to 15 years from now to have people tell me Steph was better. I don't yeah. think it'll be true, but I'm prepared for that. Um, now, guys that I think are very, very unlikely, but I have to mention them anyway. We're going to start with Jason Tatum. Next. <laughs> Look, Tatum has a lot of work to do, but he is very young. He's only 21. So, like, that's he is, a good point. He is only as 21. a literal teenager, the as, whole or 19. I'm 19. sorry, he's only 19. Yeah, he's only so. 19. Uh, he just is young and talented. I don't think he's going to get there. I no. think he's clearly a he's a great player. He's man. a great player. He's a great player. But he's uh, not. Anthony Edwards, same thing. Like Le Jordan, LeBron, these guys were doing better things at, at the same young age. They, Nonetheless, they might he might be on mm -hmm. his own path and reach a higher peak or something. But I, he's also maybe one of their children. <laughs> Kevin Durant is an interesting one. He's not the best player of all time. I just feel so strongly and definitively about this, but you know what? He might just keep finding new and new Golden State 2017 Warriors to join and just winds up with like seven titles and everyone just, for whatever reason, defaults him as the team's best player and wins. We're sour about Kevin Durant. We can't speak honestly. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, probably not. He'd have to actually play games, but you never know. He has two... No, he has two elite playoff runs under his belt, yeah. championship runs, and then it's hard to factor the rest of his career. Wembenyama, 
I mean, he's just so young. We have to put him in there. He's in a tree. Maybe he's not even close to this, probably. Uh, I actually put, don't know if we do have to put him in there. We don't have to. Honestly, we don't. <laughs> he hasn't played a game. I'm going to throw Shea out there just in the case, just in the off chance that he's the, actually the real Luca, and we look back at this seven years from now and are like, how did we not even mention him? So I'm just going to mention it so that I have it on record. Sure. I don't okay. think it's a chance. Insane early stats, production, all that. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody else currently that I think has a GOAT chance. No, I not th- even a, like a puncher. I like think it's Steph, Luca, Giannis, Jokic, and then LeBron, who's already in that conversation. Well I think you're he right. retired. I actually think it's just those guys. And, and I then would, Wembenyama has this thing we don't know anything about. I, the Giannis thing is interesting because I, as much as I said everything I did earlier about feeling like there's a maybe almost a reckoning coming. Yeah, it's also easy to write Giannis off, and he did hurt his back last year, and he's extremely good, and he did have a fifty piece in the finals, and that he gets better and continues to produce is not off the table. Yeah. Uh, You wanted to talk about Jordan Poole and Michael Porter Jr. Man, I'm just fascinated. I don't know if you guys saw a clip. J.J. Redick and uh, Andre Iguodala were talking in in an Old Man on the Three podcast about Jordan Poole. And we talked about the Warriors maybe as jazz, if those Spurs teams were more sheet music. And... Reddick was talking about the way those three guys, Clay, Draymond, and Steph, are not only empowered to be like Jazz, they're they're encouraged to. It's how you get the Warriors at their best. Well, at the same time, you know, there's always been a kernel of truth of could the Warriors be even better if they cleaned it up, right? And so at what point are you losing your identity? And, and Draymond's a great microcosm of that conversation as well. Does he have to foul as much? He claims he, he, he's he got to be a certain way to be who he is. So that stuff is really interesting to me. Enter Jordan Poole, who comes kind of post the real dynasty part of it, but with a chance to win a title. And he is enabled to, or he wants to initially play with a freedom like those three guys. He gets some of it. He delivers at a high level and he helps them win a title. But there's always this second part of it of like, okay, he wants to play the way Clay, Steph, and Dre do, but how do he really earn that? Does that make the Warriors right. who they are at their best? Then you think about Michael Porter Jr. with Denver. Similar in maybe a talent to usage slot kind of role. And Denver, as opposed to all this freedom, they really just went with discipline, right? They really tried to mold Porter into a high-floor player. Both of these approaches yielded a title. And so I'm not sure if I know if one was right or wrong, um, but it, it had me thinking about what this upcoming year looks like for Porter because we wonder if they should give him more freedom. But in doing that, do you break the seal of whatever this balance is that allowed Denver to win a title? And then also, is there a timeline in your team building and trying to build a dynasty and winning multiple titles where you can't hang on to the balance anymore? You're not that perfect team and your best shot is to embrace the chaos and to let a pool or a porter kind of run wild. I don't really have a conclusion here, Adam. Yeah, no, it's just a question. I just, I'm just fascinated. Do you, th- you know, do you, the Warriors, I think, probably did the right thing with Jordan Poole, yet here they are in this situation. I'm just curious about how Denver handles Porter. The way I would view this is that I think Steph and Draymond are a perfect yin and yang from just like an energy standpoint. Like, uh, 
Have you ever seen those like audio spectrographs or whatever, like where like a certain tone will make a certain shape? I don't yeah. know if someone can help me here. I and then it, sometimes you can put like competing dissonant tones, and the waves don't line up, and then it makes like a chaos. It looks like chaos. I kind of believe this is true of personalities, where Draymond and Steph are almost perfectly inverted in a way that creates harmony, and it and it makes this really great balance. Steph seems like the greatest star player to play alongside and Draymond seems like kind of a crazy drag sometimes right. and together they just make this perfect yin and yang I think Clay Thompson is the perfect guy to put around them because he is just a vibes magnet like he just like absorbs the vibes and fits in perfectly and I think Jordan Poole might be the opposite of that mm. where it's like no he goes into the waveform and breaks it and spatters it into chaos now that's not a critique of any of the principal pieces involved it's just to say that to me that's why the Warriors are so fascinating as it's this perfect environment near perfect environment that isn't perfect for everyone and that to me is more the question here of with the Michael Porter is clearly he has good enough to make this work and talent and all of those things to make up for it. This year I do kind of wonder like, is there a ideal Michael Porter role that is harmonious with the frequency of the Murray yes. Jokic dynamic? Yeah. And does getting there all entail allowing him to make some mistakes along the way, but trusting that maybe his his center that he comes back to here yeah. is maybe just in a more disciplined or committed way to the team, you know, than Poole was. But Poole's thing was interesting because he helped them win that finals game. Yeah. And then you come back and then guys are asking you to scale it back a little bit. So right. it's, there's a little bit of once you let it out of the bag, can you contain it? And I also just thought it was so interesting because Iguodala just described it as both a hind Poole a hindrance to the Warriors, but also the Warriors a hindrance to Poole, oh. you know? And, and so is there a point where Porter perceives that you know, this is a hindrance to his growth now. I, I'm just perpetually fascinated by how much more Porter upsets the balance versus makes this team better in the long run. And we don't have an answer yet, but it'll be one of my biggest storylines this season. I will say the vibiest outcome for the Nuggets is that he does become that perfectly harmonious Clay Thompson. That's it. The guy that just like somehow elevates it to a whole other level. And then we really can talk dynasty. We can talk goats. We right. can talk all of these things because they all become significantly more possible. Um, that does it for today's show, guys. We're out of here tomorrow. Not sure what time we're going to be tomorrow because we're going to be playing golf. Our golf tournament. By the way, you guys got to stay up for these things, man. These golf tournaments are so fun. It's one of the last, like, truly outdoor things I'm going to do before the winter months come in and, and uh, you know, do their thing. So um, we're going to be having fun with that. But we will be live at some point. I just don't know when. Check your, uh, check your YouTube feeds. Hit the notify button whenever the shell gets up. We'll see you guys later.